The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Todd Kuhn and Denise Dirks and our producer, Cal Hunter. It is the 26th of February, 2022. We are live West Coast time. As usual, thank you, our wonderful listeners, for joining us. We're going to have some exciting things to talk about today, a case or no case. Bill Paxton family lawsuit. Uh, he's the one that was in my favorite movie, one of the favorite movies, all Twister. Is Yes, he, uh, he was, was in Twister. And then he was also the guy in, um, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Um, the ship that sank. What's that one called? The t- t- Titanic, Titanic. He yeah, was the yeah. guy on Titanic. <laughs> oh, that's the one. That's the one. The ship that sank. You know, <laughs> the, <laughs> the ship that yeah, sank. Yeah. Twister movie, the real star of that movie was the special effects. You know, the that cow. Was, that was oh, the cow going up. That was pretty cool. We're going to talk about that. Maxwell juror, and we're going to talk about the strawberry shortcake juror. If you don't know what that is, be prepared. It's going to be interesting. Uh, women's soccer, man, a, a win for women's soccer. We're going to talk about that. And Air Force cadets are suing, um, and this is kind of interesting, and we don't talk about COVID or the mandate, any of that stuff. We stay out of that, but this is kind of interesting about lawsuits going forward now, about religious exemption. That's why we're bringing it up. Is there a religious exemption um, when it comes to the mandates, right? So I, I don't know. We're going to talk about that. Probably that, that'll be toward the end, but Kendall, Gen- Kendall Jenner is being sued. Actually, her tequila company is being sued and i ran that by a few different people there's uh another tequila company is claiming that they stole their trademark but todd and denise why is this lawsuit coming on we're going to tell you don't don't, well let's not spoil it there's a real reason why this lawsuit happens and we know the truth um at least what we think is the truth and then we're going to talk about that but uh we'd like to thank and uh really happy for brn Radio Network. That is a huge network out of New York that has picked us up. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for joining us. We are excited for BRN. Yeah, and there's Todd. Even Todd. Everyone everyone can... And then th- uh, thank you, Fireside. Those Firesiders welcoming us. My good friend Stephanie is always following us on Fireside. Uh, we appreciate all of you listening nationwide. If you want to call us, call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. 855-DENISE. 529-7234. Look, I'm going to throw out our Instagram account, too. Uh, we need to, You need to follow our Instagram account. It's at Radio Law Talk is our Instagram account. Or you can, if you want to follow me personally, it's at Frederick Penny one F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K-P-E-N-N-E-Y-1. Forget about following Todd. He never checks it, and Denise doesn't either. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you check your Twitter? I mean, your Instagram? I, I check my, um, my Instagram is a hidden Instagram. I use a, a different name. Then don't forget. forget what my, about my, my Instagram is just at Todd Cunin, T-O-D-D-K-U-H-N-E-N. Oh. I it, thought it's it was very smooth. original. I thought it was smooth operator. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I got I got sued <laughs> trademark <laughs> infringement. I, I got sued trademark infringement. Definitely false advertising. Uh. <laughs> Look, we're gonna re- remember this is uh, we're talking about general topics of law. We're not giving you legal advice. Don't call up and say, "Look, you told me about this advice and uh, it didn't work." Look, the only time you can use our advice is around what. What what area of the house, Todd? Yeah, or around Denise? around what? the dinner table, Denise? the yeah. families around, you know. 
And the, the water cooler at work, too. You can do it there. Do they even have water coolers at work anymore? I don't know. That's that's the standard radio thing. You want to give people water cooler talk, and I'm thinking people bring their own little plastic bottles of water. There's no such thing anymore, is yeah. there? No, believe me, there's our, our staff does water cooler talk, but not around the water oh, cooler. Well, there you go. So we're, And we're going to talk about all those things that's exciting, but... Cal, we're going to do a case or no case. Uh, and those of you who don't know, at the new BRN Network, that is where Cal brings up a great case or not a case. He's trying to fake us, and we got to determine the outcome. And so can you just do a tease? Do you have time for a tease or not, Cal? I do, yeah. My case. Let's roll. My, let's roll. Roll the case or no yeah, case. Yeah, let's right, just right, do it right, right now. And uh, this, is, this is it right here. Here we go. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yeah. Michael Nunez of Santa Clara County, California, had some issues. A habitual criminal and overly suicidal and by reports was constantly trying to harm himself. Well, one day he found himself in jail and in air quotes fell from his upper bunk. I use the word fell judiciously, but he seriously injured himself this time. He called for help, called the guards. He said, I really hurt myself this time. And the guards, yeah, said, yeah, 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 whatever, Michael. And they took their time, went into Nunez's cell, lifting him on his bed. Despite Nunez's complaints, he had a sore neck. 24 hours later, the deputies called the paramedics, and they did the same thing. Didn't support him, just moved him around without doing anything. Well, what happened was, now Michael Nunez was so severely injured that he now requires constant care. And so his family said, you know what? It's not Michael's fault for trying to kill himself. It's the county's fault. So we want to go find out if we have a case or no case. Denise, what do you think about this? Which county? Santa Clara. Ooh, that's good. That's Bay Area, I know area, Santa right? Clara. That's yeah. Bay Area, right? San Jose, yeah. that, Santa that Clara. Is, it's the county, for those of you nationwide, where the San Francisco 49ers play their home games. Yes. And where they just, right. That'll put it on the map. And where they just fired their city manager because of her relationship with the 49ers, which wasn't that good, apparently. Anyway, it's a different story. Yeah. For, uh, so you say, Denise, what say you? Case? No case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like this one. Okay. This one is like right, right up Fred's alley. Kind of. And it's not dramatic. And it's not like all these little in, you know, intricate facts Cal given us. I'm going to (laughs) say that this is a case and the Nunez sues the county and the county pays. All right, Fred, what do you think? Is this a case or no case? Absolutely, it's a case. I get these calls all the freaking time and turn them down. <laughs> <laughs> the the compassion you, of yes. Fred Penny is just astounding. I, well, you don't necessarily get the call. You'll get a letter from the jailhouse or something like they, yeah. the, the, the officers did this or that. So we get letters. And this is not unusual at all to receive calls like this. Um, but it is a little bit of a nuance. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to get into the details of how these cases work. But... I'm going to tell you in the 30 years of practice and maybe I've given up maybe 15, 16,000 cases our firm's handled. We've never taken one. So um, I'm, I'm going to say it's a case and they settle out of court and the county pays money because that's just too – this is too – too sounds, cut and dried. Sa- well, it sounds yeah. too outrageous, you know, and mm-hmm. so it is the county probably pays because Santa Clara County is generally more liberal in that area. 
Okay, uh, Mr. Kunin, what do you think about this? Would this be a case or would this be a, a no case? Well, you know, as a criminal defense attorney, I get these kind of complaints to me all the time from my <laughs> clients who are in custody. And you know what I tell them? Call Fred Penny. <laughs> <laughs> now you know not so. <laughs> that's why that's why Fred's getting so many dings. And I give him Fred's personal cell too. Oh, I'm surprised. And my address at and home. The, and the address in case they want to send Girl Scout cookies or no. Uh, By the way, I saw Girl Scout cookies. They're out cooking, selling them now. Yeah, oh. yeah. You know the, the really industrious Girl Scout. That that open that set up the stand outside the marijuana dispensaries and they sell out in like ten minutes. All that's, everything that's, that's a, a good idea. That's a smart Girl Scout. Listen, we're going to the break, but I can give you my answer really quick. I'm not going to pull it to Denise and expand. I say that this is a case, and I have to agree with Fred oh. and my counterparts. Fred, Cal, you could get points because I think that they recover either by victory or by settlement. Okay, so I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, if if it is in fact the case, I will give you an extra point if you can give me, within I don't know, within five hundred thousand dollars, a settlement number. Oh, okay, we'll do that. Uh -huh. Okay, when we come uh -huh. back, we're going to get a settlement number from each of us yep. on the case of the individual that was in jail and sued the jailers. We'll yep. be back. This is Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. It's coming right up after we break away. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Hey, listen up. Before the weather changes, get new windows in your home and save possibly hundreds on your energy bill. Call the window replacement hotline right now and take advantage of their special savings event. Get your leaky, drafty windows replaced with energy-efficient, beautiful, virtually maintenance-free windows at this year's rock-bottom prices. Our prices are so low, we don't want to scare the competition. The only way to hear about our window savings is to call. Yes, you must call our special toll-free number for the best window replacement prices in town. Get your new windows, patio doors, and more from the window replacement hotline. Get ready for the change in weather. Save on your energy bills. Call right now for tremendous prices on new windows and beautify your home. Call the window replacement hotline now. 800-710-3739. 800-710-3739. 800-710-3739. That's 800-710-3739. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610, 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Life can be full of risks. 
One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. This is Radio Law Talk. This is the best show ever. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. Welcome to the show that has the greatest kitty bumps in the United States. No show. I don't care if it's the number one show in the United States. Does not have better kitty bumps than us. Cal. Stop it. Yes. Hit us with kitty bumps. (laughs) Hit us with kitty. It's anecdotal. Yeah. How did that happen? You are a loser. <laughs> loser. So that was that was for somebody after the uh, after the case or no case. <laughs> oh no, this, we're doing a case or no case. Give us a quick overview again, Cal, and, okay. and tell us what we won, and we're going to tell you how much money uh, that case went for. Okay, a guy in Santa Clara County was habitually trying to harm himself, a career criminal, gets into the jail and uh, tries to commit suicide again, falls off the bunk and seriously injures his cervical areas, his spine, his neck, and what have you. And the deputies kind of went, yeah, 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 it's this guy, just, you know, whatever, you're hurt again, we get it, blah, blah, blah. They took their time helping him. They lifted him up on the bunk without any support. They called the paramedics. They did the same thing. And now he requires full-time care. So that's the precept of the case. And my question was, A, does he have a case? Because after all, he was in jail. And B, if so... How much? Okay, so we all answered the same. Yep, all said yes. We all said yes. We all said they settle and or win against the county. Yep. Cal, if we're wrong, you get points. We we got to go to fifty points, and the other people have to buy dinner for the host that wins. So the question is, how much money did they win if this individual won? Uh, we're going to Denise. How old need- was he? I need to know that fact. Uh, he was in his fifties. 
20 million. Oh, no. I'm going to say 1.5. Okay. Todd, what do you say? So is this like the price of right, or if you can come to no, you the got, closest you without going no. over? 500,000 no. within 500,000 of the actual amount. Then Fred, you, you said 1.5? 1. 1.5 mil. 2.5. 2.5. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tell us what well, happens. First, Woo, I'm first excited. Up, first I'm excited. off, your, your, your premonition was correct. This is... Yes. A case. We're smart. Smart lawyers. Seven... Million dollars. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Nunez's lawyers said that he sustained the serious and permanent spinal cord injuries that have left him a quadriplegic. Wow. He can't even communicate and he needs a ventilator to breathe. Blah, blah. The plaintiff attorney said they didn't show adequate care and that while jail staff did not directly cause the injuries, they didn't respond appropriately. So $50,000 goes to the client, the other $6,950,000. <laughs> To be paid to Nunez's attorneys. Yes! <laughs> yeah, the best is. part about the whole now, thing. Now, yeah, I'll bet you this. Yeah. I'll bet your Fred starts to rethink well. his position <laughs> on these kind of cases. You know. <laughs> by the, the way. Todd's referring me to those cases. I'm going, no! <laughs> now I'm going to say, maybe. Maybe. This is the second largest settlement in Santa Clara history. The other one was $10 million, and both of them wow. related to the jail. And that, friends, is case or no case. That's it. You know what's interesting Yikes. about this is... I'm going to go look at this after the break or, or after the show. I bet you the lawyers I know down there. I bet you I know who it is. Could be. Well, next. I know most of the plaintiff down Next hour, the story of Frederico Levante. Frederico, Frederico Levante. Levante, the exotic car dealer. And that's case or no case for this hour. Nice. Yeah. I'm a little excited about the exotic part. Yeah, that, that, that should be interesting. Yeah, wait. <laughs> not going to lie. Well, I just, we're not lying. We're telling the truth. Yeah. The, the, the inmate was a quadriplegic? After all that, after the fall, after the damage when he fell out of the bunk, and then and the way they handled him, moved him around, they further damaged so, his So spine. he falls out of the bunk. He's a yeah. quadriplegic. They pick him up. They put him back at the bunk, and then they bring in another medical professional, and at no time did anybody recognize, this guy's got no feeling in his hands or feet. No, I think they said, this guy does this so often we can't trust what he says. He's a liar. He's tried to harm himself every time he comes into jail. He's suicidal. So we're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. That's my own personal theory. I wasn't in courtroom, but that's my own personal theory. I would theory. think the inability to control his bladder and bowel functions would be the dead giveaway. Could be but, a sign. Wow, well, all right, but, whatever. But I have seen guys, I have seen guys in my hometown who wanted an ambulance ride, go into a store and poo their own pants. So they'll call the ambulance and say, I'm out of control, uh, like that, and get an ambulance ride to the hospital. What was that again, so, Cal? Yeah, you heard me. Uh, poo my own oh, pants. Oh, yeah. Cal just anyway. was waving his arms. Yeah, Boy, sorry, yeah. that's good acting. That's all I got. Have a look at me and go, no, it's not really. (laughs) Bill Paxton, we're going to talk about. Bill Paxton, uh, as you know, is a famous actor that went in. He was 61 years old. He went in for surgery in California. Um, He had some heart issues, and he went for heart valve uh, repair and or replacement. He goes in um, for this is it. I'm going to say, you know, not a. Not an easy surgery, but not something that they are not haven't done uh, many times. He comes out after a, a short time. He goes home, and he dies. Dies what they claim as a stroke, according to his death certificate. Well, what happens is a lawsuit by the family goes uh, against the anesthesiologist, against the doctors, and the hospital. That's not unusual. Let me tell you, this one's based out of California. Uh, we don't. They're very difficult cases to win. Let me tell you why these are difficult cases. Difficult for a number of reasons, and I'm not going to get into all the details. But number one is the doctors, unlike other cases in 
a state, let's say you're in an auto accident or a truck accident or any type of accident and your insurance company covers you, your insurance company makes the decision if they're going to settle and what they're going to do. Where in medical malpractice, the doctors, the hospital, or whoever, they have the right to say, no, you're not settling this, you're taking this to trial. And that's what happens. And so the doctors, a lot of times, and the lawyer, and the uh, and the uh, insurance company is kind of getting a little tiff. The insurance company says, no, we want to settle. Doctor said, no, I don't want this on my record, uh, which, by the way, it'll go on your record. If it settles, a lot of times you can do an NDA, right, non-disclosure agreement, or you can sometimes uh, risk it at trial, and then it'll really go on your record. Yeah, so- I think it's also striking about medical malpractice is that a lot of states limit the amount of recovery that a plaintiff can get in those type of cases, and that's because the policy that they don't want um, doctors to no longer want to practice because of the risks um, of what happens when they're negligent. Right. Or if they're not negligent and they're just found guilty, right? I mean, not guilty, but found negligent. Yes. Even though, you know, sometimes they're... Well, Cal's got the one-minute thing coming. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what happens in in, uh, Bill Paxton's uh, case, and then we're going to move on and and talk about a hundred other type of cases. The Peterson case, we're going to talk about Maxwell's case. Very interesting juror misconduct issues. We'll be back after this. I'm your host, Frederick Penny. This is Radio Law Talk. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO if you want to talk to us during the break. We'll be back. And we also thank our many affiliates that carry Radio Law Talk live 9 to noon every Saturday. But if you can't get the show there, make sure to go over to RadioLawTalk.com because we stream live 9 to noon every Saturday. And we'll be right back. Fred, Todd, and Denise will be right back with more Radio Law Talk after we take this break. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announce- Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said... My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182. Again, that's 800-238-9182. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Med. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, Call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 
Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. CGMs are the newest in diabetic technology. They can help you stay in range and manage your diabetes better. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. And delivery is free. Remember, if you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, Call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. Call 800-251-7560. Co-pays and deductibles may apply. 800-251-7560. That's 800-251-7560. Sponsored by U.S. Medical Supply. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092. 800-918-7092. That's 800-918-7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Medicare rules are confusing. They should be. There are over 130,000 pages of regulations. There's Part A through D, Medicare Advantage, and Medigap. According to the CMS, there are government programs available that can help you pay for your medical expenses. Choosing the right Medicare plan is a really big deal. The wrong choice can cost you a lot of money, and the right choice can put more money in your pocket. Call one of our licensed representatives today. At 65 Plus Medicare, our free service can show you a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now. 800-220-7612 That's 800-220-7612 Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com you pay my fee i'll take your case are, are you serious radio law talk now back to the show we're talking about bill paxton welcome firesiders there's a bunch of firesiders uh listening in that's a new app that uh follows us on radio law talk bill paxton so what happened is is they've settled their case supposedly the judge has to approve it with the anesthesiologist so don't forget there's multiple parties in a medical malpractice case. There's the doctors, there's the hospitals, there's the 
in this case, the anesthesiologist, well, they've settled uh, reached a settlement supposedly for a million dollars with the anesthesiologist with court approval. Yeah, and, and, and to clarify, it's not... So they sued. Originally, they sued the doctor, and the doctor is still in the lawsuit. This does not affect the doctor who performed the surgery. Or the hospital. Or the hospital. But they sued the, anest- the, the group, the medical group that runs the anesthesiology, and then sued the individual anesthesiologist. And this settlement, as, a, as approved, as proposed, is on behalf of the anesthesiology medical group that it's for, a, I think, a million bucks, and it also encompasses a dismissal of any lawsuit against the individual doctor without the doctor having to pay anything. A, a doctor, the anesthesiologist. Right. right. So this is the anesthesiology group is settling. The anesthesiologist is being dismissed as to him. He doesn't pay anything, and the group is paying a million. Well, he doesn't pay anything. Yeah, no, well, well, he doesn't pay anything, but he's covered by his group. So in other words, as an anesthesiologist, they can sue you individually, but if you work for a company or an anesthesiology group, that group's supposed to cover you, and that's what happens. And it's more likely all coming from insurance proceeds, Yeah, no, it it is absolutely coming. So so anyway, uh, they, they're probably out, but that's not everything. Oh, that's the end of it. No, the doctors, they're still going forward with the doctors and with the uh, hospital, and we'll see what happens. Uh, very difficult cases to win, but uh, we'll see if they settle out of court. Let's move on. Here's the thing. Okay, this is what we've talked about during the break. Uh, Todd and I and Denise, and, and especially Todd is a former prosecutor for the district attorney's office in Tennessee and in California and had his own uh, criminal law practice for a while. And now he is a, you know, he does some public, uh, works for some of the public defender's office. But, uh, and we talk general here. There's no issues of him talking about any cases uh, that he's working on. But, but in generality, we talk about juror misconduct and what happens when a juror is chosen. So what I want to do is, Denise, just go through a very brief overview as to what happens when you walk in as a potential juror and what you have to do, what you have to fill out. And then, Todd, get into the criminal aspect of the cases and why it's so critical in criminal aspects that you fill out everything and make sure that if you think, oh, this may or may not apply, you better be careful. Denise. Well, I know this from personal experience. Um, The very first thing you do is you're giving um, a questionnaire form. And the questionnaire is almost always kind of tailored toward the case a little bit to find out if there are substantial um, issues in the case. It's really to find out um, if you've had that similar experience. And it's really designed to find out whether there's potential bias and allow the attorneys and the judge even to ask questions of you um, regarding those potential bias areas. So you fill out the questionnaire, and it's under penalty of perjury, folks. It's not like it's just signed and and sent. You have to swear under penalty of perjury under the laws of your state that everything that you've answered is correct. Then they turn those in, in massive bulk, so they're not, they're anonymous. It's not like they're going to know exactly. You're given a number. You're not given a name, right? And so you're a number, a juror number, and that keeps your identity somewhat contained. So then what happens is that you get in. If you get seated into the jury box, then the judge and the attorneys have the right to ask you questions, and they do. And um, in my particular case, there was a disclosure that the judge knew me. Uh, that was something that was important, but that, you as know. As a juror, you were as a I juror. I was a juror. Okay, even right. though you're an attorney. Right. Yeah, I was juror number seven, which is my 
lucky number. <laughs> and um, so the judge had to disclose that she knew me, that I'd had cases before her, but that it wasn't going to uh, change her mind on anything. And I had to answer that it wouldn't change my mind either. I was going to listen to the evidence. And then they asked questions, and some of the questions were quite funny. It was like, do you believe in um, guilty or innocent until proven guilty? And um, uh, you know, what do you say? I mean the oath that, you know, I, that uh, I swore yeah, as a lawyer? I do believe in innocent until proven guilty. Do you believe that someone, that uh, letting one guilty person go to save... Uh, one innocent person from going to jail is correct. Well, um, yes, I do believe that that may happen. You do the best that, that, you know, the innocent people don't go to jail. And, you know, those are the questions that were asked. And then, of course, the other questions were more pointed about, you know, my background and asking questions because I had, I have things in my background that in this case could have um, said that I had a bias. And I ended up getting disqualified. You should. By the prosecution. Yeah. Because I had helped somebody get, um, in that particular case, um, a set aside, if you will, of their dis- uh, DUI. Nice. So, and that, and it was a DUI case. Todd. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, again, to carry on our piggyback on what Denise is saying, that what you're looking for, what the jury or what the attorneys and what the judge are looking for when they do this jury selection process. It's looking to find a juror who will be impartial, who will listen to the evidence, observe the evidence, and then make a decision based upon application of the law with no other outside influence or bias that they may bring to it. And so w- when I do jury selection in criminal cases, I'm amazed the number of times as both a DA and a, uh, and a defense attorney, when a question would come up, and I appreciate the honesty when you say, and now look, let's be honest, juror number, I'm going to use seven because I know it's not you. Juror number seven, let's be honest. Uh, my client is sitting here. You know they're charged. My client is charged with the crime. Are, are, are you telling me that you come in here and you have no preconceived bias about whether or not they're guilty or innocent? And in the number of people that will say, honestly, they're sitting there. I figured they probably did something wrong. That's exactly. Or I've seen the other. There was police officers. Automatically, when a police officer testifies, we believe them. And that, as a defense lawyer, and as a you know, uh, working for the um, the public defenders. Public defenders. Oh, yes. I just had a had a brain uh, f. Anyway, look, <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it's not a bad word. It's it's it, f as in flatulence. Flatulence. There <laughs> you not go. any other word. Yeah. Go. But anyway, so. It, it, that's what that's what you worry about as a defense lawyer, don't you? That's the biggest issue. Please come up. They're in their uniform, and they're putting their arm before you know. And this is what happened. Oh, that we got to believe them. Yeah, if a witness is wearing a badge, they're wearing a badge. They're in uniform. They're sworn law enforcement officer. To you as a juror, do they have a leg up in terms of credibility over any other witness? And the, really, the answer ought to be no. Right. They don't have a leg right. up. Every witness is judged based upon their credibility, one person over another, simply because of what they do. Right. And, and so that's why it's really important. And, and look, sometimes it's difficult to get jurors to be truthful with those questions. And right. that's what's going on in the Peterson trial. And the Maxwell. That's right. And in Maxwell. But I'll, I'll read you part of the questionnaire from yes. the Peterson trial. This is from you know, 20 years ago. Uh, you know, question number 31 on well, the question. Well, let's back up. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Peterson trial is Scott Peterson, who allegedly killed his wife and an eight-month-old baby 
Um, unborn baby. Unborn baby. And and apparently he was having an affair at the time, and that's he got convicted. Okay. He, he was convicted. He was sentenced to death. Got it. And because of some questions about jury selection and what have you, they Supreme Court overturned the death penalty. He so he, now he's sentenced to life without parole, but they have to they have to address this issue about whether or not he's entitled to a new trial. Question number thirty-one on the questionnaire. This is a benign one. Have you ever received? in uh, any training in law, law enforcement, or criminology. And this uh, witness that we're referring to as Strawberry Shortcake, the name comes from the fact that she had red hair during the trial. Dyed uh, red hair. Dyed red hair. Normal, That's yeah. right. And, and she says no. Okay. All right. You go down here. This is the question that is really causing so much heartburn. It's question number 74. Have you or any member of your family or close friends ever been the victim, and victim is in all caps, right. been the victim or witness to any crime and she said no okay now why is that important what is well let's hold on here we got we got about a minute and a half but we're gonna go into what exactly her history was and what had happened prior to her sitting as a juror and that's critical to this question and she's on the stand now this week testifying as to what she thought about the question and what her background was. And by the way, she wouldn't take the stand unless they did what? Granted her immunity. They granted her immunity. Which was be... a smart move. That's exactly right. We'll be back and talk more about that. Very interesting what she says and what the how it applies to the questionnaire. We'll be back with Radio Law Talk. Lots of interesting stuff coming up right here on Radio Law Talk. And we end at noon Pacific time. So there's much more of the program coming. And you won't want to miss not even one minute of it. We'll be back. There's more Radio Law Talk coming up right here, right after this. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road. 
quick quack car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick quack car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick quack car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. I tried counting calories, I took pills. Eating and eating, and then more eating. I really wanted to stop, but nothing could make me stop. At one point, it was so bad that I just felt like giving up. I felt so alone. Like nobody else could possibly understand. We understand. We're Overeaters Anonymous, and we have helped thousands of people just like you. People who want to stop their compulsive eating and start living a healthy, rewarding life. Overeaters Anonymous, help me get my life back. Now I eat in a way that's healthy and good for me. I never realized what I was missing out on. With OA, I am living again and loving it. Start living the life you deserve with help from Overeaters Anonymous. Find us on the web at oa.org. This is, this is Radio, Radio Long Talk. How did that happen? Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. Welcome back to Radio Law Talk, the second largest national uh, law show, uh, soon to be the number one in our opinion. These are all our opinion. Yes, we're the one. But we do have a lawyer walking past us, uh, our studio. And do you want to come say hi, Mr. Lawyer? Or uh, okay, come say hi. Tell him about you, who you are, and what a great boss I am. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, my name is Seth Madden. You might recognize me as the, uh, the clock boy from uh, years ago for Radio Law Talk. Been around for a couple years. I worked for uh, Mr. Penny. Um, he wanted me to tell you how great of a boss he is. He actually canceled all of my vacation time this year. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, when you say great, remember perjury laws are still in effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're doing great, guys. Uh, moving it, along. It, it's hard for me to accept the great boss recommendation yeah. when, when uh, this is radio. I'm observing that he has you in a control hold with your arm behind the back. <laughs> so, uh, actually, it's a shot collar on his neck. If oh, you can very see good. It. And by the way, he's pushing a. Uh, uh, a, a cart of some sort that he's moving boxes in and out. So, and he says silence on his T-shirt. Yes, it does. And you know what's interesting? <laughs> we have multiple offices. Those of you who don't know about our, I'm not pushing Penny and Associates, but our studio is one of is in one of our offices. 
And we have a beautiful studio we built, and so we have lawyers popping in and out. But uh, go do work. We'll see you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, All he, right. Uh, wait, wait. He wait. just hit the rim of the building. Uh oh, 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 there we go. There grabbing we go. his shot collar. <laughs> okay, go. Let's talk about the, the this trial that we're talking about, um, Scott Peterson, and what this juror questionnaire says. We already read it, and what this individual and the last her what was her last name? Kane. Last name is what. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we can call anyway, it strawberry anyway. shortcake. But, strawberry uh, shortcake. Would Ra we call her. Raquel Nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Her, her, her last name is Nice. So when we went to the break, what we said was she put on her questionnaire that she was she had never been a victim of a crime. Well, that's problematic because about 18 months earlier she applied for a domestic violence restraining order, and the restraining order was against the girlfriend, current girlfriend of her ex-boyfriend. And she was pregnant, Miss Nice was pregnant at the time. She applied for the restraining order. She's about four and a half months pregnant and put in there, I fear for my safety and the safety of the unborn child. Boy, very similar factual scenario there to the Scott Peterson case. Now, she took the stand, Miss Nice took the stand yesterday. And this is the, this, these are the legal proceedings being held right now to determine whether or not her failure to provide information as a juror should warrant a new trial. Right, and it's an invest part of an investigation into juror misconduct. That, that's right, but this is testimony in front of a judge that occurred yesterday, and, and as Fred indicated when we went into break, when she was first asked to be a witness, she pled the fifth, and so now she is testifying because she's been granted immunity. Denise talked about these questionnaires being under the penalty of perjury. Well, she has been granted immunity from any fallout based upon her testimony. They can't come back and get her for anything. And she says, well, I didn't consider myself a victim because ultimately I requested that the charge be dropped and nobody was ever convicted of the of a crime based upon the conduct that I alleged in the restraining order. And she said about another one about her boyfriend that she hit him back first on another incident that occurred. That's right. She said on, on a separate incident for which her boyfriend was arrested for domestic violence when the charges were ultimately dropped, she said she was actually the aggressor that evening that she had started, that he was only defending himself, and, and that as a result there were no charges that were that anybody was convicted of there. See, here's the thing. Go ahead, Denise. Well, I was just going to say, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this uh, potentially coming up, um, I said specifically that I think she's going to say that she didn't realize that a domestic violence restraining order would imply criminal conduct and that people didn't realize sometimes that domestic violence restraining orders are quasi-criminal or they're put into a clutch system, which is a criminal system. So I had a feeling, I kind of anticipated that she was going to kind of use that um, to try to protect herself. Well, I think the important thing is at least you do as you say, I'm not sure if this applies, Your Honor, but this is what I've got to reveal, especially given the facts of the case she was sitting on, which is almost exactly, it's a domestic violence issue, this Scott Peterson. It, his, the unborn child was died also, and that's what this whole case was about. You'd think you'd at least say, you know, I don't know if this applies, but, right? Go ahead. Talk. Yeah. It, it, so here's the, here's the problem that I have, and I think that the defense is going to have, and even the judge is going to have, with Miss Nice's 
very narrowly tailored definition of victim being one that only resulted in somebody being convicted of a crime, right? And it's because of, it was, jur it was question number 74 that asked if she was ever a victim of a crime. Here's question number 75. If you answered yes to the previous question, was the crime reported to the police, yes or no? Now, she left that one blank because she had selected no in 74, but when you read question 74, were you ever the victim of a crime? And then you read 75, was that crime ever reported? It's clear from those two that the word crime and being a victim is not contingent upon whether or not somebody is ultimately convicted of it. Or reported or arrested of That's it. That's right. It is, look, were you the victim of a crime? And, and her definition that she has come up with now goes against what's in the questionnaire. And, and they were right. The question's 74 and 75. Well, the funny part about this is it really doesn't matter right now, her answer, because she either has to admit to lying in a domestic violence restraining order or she has to admit to lying on the questionnaire form. I mean, either way, her credibility's right. Now, it's worst. true that the facts were similar, but did she know at that time? Because, of course, they're also looking for jurors who aren't super familiar with the case. Do you suppose that she knew the facts of the allegations oh, of the Scott Peterson case? That. Yes. Okay. Be because it's kind of important. The, the, ju of the judge will usually give a, uh, a synopsis. Sometimes they even allow both parties to give a, a very brief overview of what the case is, mm -hmm. because one of the questions in the questionnaire is, is the subject matter of this case such that would be so troubling to you, you couldn't sit as a juror? I see. And, and that, that question right. usually brings up whether you were ever a victim of a domestic violence case. Or alleged yeah. victim. Yeah. Right. I think they would also ask a question about whether or not you believed that if a, a, a fetus that was eight months old... Um, could be a victim of homicide also. I mean, that had to come up at least. At what, what also came in was that the coroner or the expert said that the fetus lived five days I after. I can't stand that thought. Yeah, that's not crazy. It, I don't know that that... So that's... Well, that was on the defense side that they're saying what happened was something different. And that's, and that's the second part here. Peterson really wants a new trial because... He's claiming that there were certain defenses that he wanted to raise, evidence that was not allowed that has since come to pass. For example, there was evidence that the person across the street had suffered a break-in and a burglary, and that, uh, and that Lacey Peterson was seen alive later in the day than when they believe that Scott Peterson uh, took her life and then took her somewhere else. And so you have those two things, plus the evidence that the fetus was alive for up to eight days longer. The defense is going to argue that suggests that somebody else did it and that the theory, it's, this is the thing, the theory of the prosecution's case could not be true based upon that evidence. Now, the prosecution's got a different theory that encompasses that. That's great. But because of the inconsistency, he says he should get a new trial. And, and, and think about it. I mean, if Lacey left in the boat or whatever in the morning and she was already passed away then how can the fetus have lived three to five days longer yeah, I it's know. i i mean if she's put into right. i mean it's possible i don't know yeah. the answer to that but, but I, he at least it's hard wants to the believe. evidence not to interrupt he just wants that evidence coming in exactly so the at least the jury can un, okay there's a possibility because it's beyond a reasonable doubt That's right, right. This, the, the the standard's really high and, and none of those three facts were presented to the jury previous right those were all things that were discovered so what after. jurors don't understand and what I'm trying to get to and we're going to talk about our two Maxwell's how that applies 
look, just when there's a doubt, mention it because you don't want any reason for someone to be able to appeal and, and, and get a new trial on appeal. So that's uh, if you really want to make sure things are done right, that's what you've got to do. Do the best you can. We're not perfect. We'll be back after this. Hour two, we're going to talk about Maxwell. We've got all types of uh, other issues. We're going to have another case or no case. Women's soccer, what's going on with that lawsuit. We'll be back. Remember, Radio Law Talk runs live 9 to noon Pacific time. And if your radio station hops off of carrying the show right now, well, you can always go over to radiolawtalk.com and listen there and listen to all of our previous episodes if you'd like. This is Radio Law Talk. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. (laughs) 